Hey everybody, we're the Mensch Warmers. I'm Jamie. I'm here with my co-host Gabe. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? You know, it's been a couple of weeks. Yes. Whole family just got over COVID. What else is going on in the world? It's it's been a hard couple of weeks for everybody. Um, I don't know. We 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 focused our last podcast on it. I I don't think this is a place where anything is is getting resolved or uh, discussed that can't be discussed that or elsewhere, but. I, I don't know. I sort of feel of two minds about this. On the one hand, I feel like the world has uh, come to a stop in many ways. And on the other hand, the world keeps going. Yes. Um, so I think, look, if we are a small refuge for people, for our listeners, uh, something something to focus on that's not terrible right now, um, then I don't think that's the worst thing. So uh, let's just get into it. We have some Jewish sports news. The basketball season starting. We want to talk about that. We have an interview coming up at the end of uh, on the second half of our episode with Gabrielle Starr. Uh, she's a baseball writer at Boston Herald. Wrote a great piece about Kevin Euclid, uh that we'll talk to her about. But, you know, let's get into some Jewish, some Jewish sports news. There's still, there's still been plenty of stuff going on in the last few weeks. Absolutely. Um, I want to start with my proposed solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Um, All right. Which, as as Jamie just said, is right on topic. And I was thinking about this the other day. I'm afraid to rewatch the movie because I think it's probably racist. But my mind okay. keeps going back to the uh, hacky sack competition and the classic film "You Don't Mess with the Zohan." Um, right. That really. That, that is certainly not the answer. That that if we could all just focus on hackying sack and uh, right. and dancing to disco music when when times get tough, that's something we as a people all share. You know, I, I remember watching most of that movie. I guess at some point, and I I think I, I remember at the time feeling like it didn't hold up this is about 15 years ago <laughs> like i and i think like i don't even know like i think sandler has said like he's never been to israel like it's not like but i, I don't know who that portrayal was informed by oh, but it I, was very like he was every israeli person i've ever met i think it was like i i watched uh ali g and i want to do more of that yeah like i want to do some more character work and like this is a funny character i've come up with and here's a spin anyways um, I don't think I don't think we're gonna resolve this one through a, a hacky sack competition uh, between Adam Sandler and John Turturro. With but, disco breaks. Uh, don't forget the disco yeah, breaks. With disco breaks. Um, anyway, um, there has been some news. some yeah. So we talked to Gabrielle about about Kevin Euclid, obviously former Red Sox great and uh, announcer broadcaster for the Red Sox. Other Jewish sports. Yeah, there's been some news in baseball. Craig Breslau um, just got. Appointed as the you know the, the, the CBO, GM or, or the something, baseball yeah, the CBO. Something. Uh, we talked about this with, with Gabrielle. In addition, you know what we think might be the first Jew to Jew managerial replacement in baseball history. Also yeah. happened this week. Um, you know there was an interim manager, but let's you know interim. It's fine. Uh, from Gabe Kapler to Bob Melvin in San Francisco. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, Bob Bob Melvin, who who really is just like you know, he gets he gets bad vibes somewhere and pieces out. Yeah. Before the going gets tough, uh, really, really just shrewd, smart, smart moves by him leaving <laughs> Oakland a couple years totally. ago. Totally, but you know, and leaving the Padres this year, he's going home. He's you know, grew up in the Bay Area, yeah. went to Berkeley, came back to coach Oakland, um, spent a bit of time sort of in between in Phoenix, the other southwestern Jewish mecca. Um, and is now <laughs> right. now back in San Francisco with Jock Peterson. So hopefully the two of them can can talk about Israel or talk about the team or or some sort of Judaism together in a in a good way. Um, yeah, you know some other exciting news: a big Mazel Tov to newly crowned WNBA champion and sixth player of the year, sixth woman, 
of the year, sixth person of the year. I'm not sure, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways to describe it. Uh, bench player of the year, I think we'll say in the WNBA. Sixth player of the year. Player of the year. I think there is, you the go. Actual, is the actual title, yeah. Clark, who, in addition to winning that award, just won uh, the championship with the Las Vegas Aces. Um, yeah, congratulations. Uh, huge, huge big victory part of that for team. Alicia. Um, you know, she spends uh, a lot of her time in, she spends her time actually in Israel. Um, during the offseason, she plays in Israel, um, you know, is an Israeli citizen, uh, you know, with, with uh, her mother is Jewish, Jewish on her mother's side, you know, embraced it. Um, but yeah, she signed with the Aces, won her third ring, and uh, uh, got her sixth player of the year award. So, muzzle to Yeah, Alicia. and a, a big contributor, a big contributor as well to the, to the you know, the finals uh, wins. She had 10 points and eight rebounds in, in their uh, fifth game, the clinching fifth game. It's a big game. Uh, so, congratulations to her. Yeah. Um, I should mention as well, uh, there are the World Series starting soon. Unfortunately, there are not going to be any Jewish players in the World Series this year. Um, I tweeted out earlier that this is the first World Series since 2015 that there hasn't that that there won't be a Jewish player um, or at huh. least someone of, of Jewish origin, which is quite quite a good run. I mean, that's I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's the longest streak uh in baseball history you know feel free to fact check me on that anyone who wants to but i'm, I'm pretty sure that's that's true it's seven straight world series totally um that's i mean that's and very big i and obviously as we and as we all know the 2015 world series didn't actually uh take place um because if it if it did then the blue jays obviously would have would have beat the uh the Kansas city royals and made it yeah which were pretty jewish a- anyways I, you know generally but speaking he, but i did want to say sorry but i just did want to say that ian kinsler um who has very Jewish served as the who has served as the manager for Team Israel. Um, threw out the first pitch in a Team Israel jersey uh, during one of the ALCS games between the Rangers and the Houston Astros, and uh, he he is working for the Rangers. He's, he's his title is special assistant to general manager, which is a real Costanza title. Um, I don't think I don't think they tasky and Kinsler with booking them at the Ramada Inn in Cleveland, but uh, you know he he's a special assistant, and uh, he threw out the first pitch in the, in the Team Israel jersey. I think it was a real moment of of nastiness for. Uh, for Jew- Jewish baseball fans, Jewish and and you know a lot of pride. We going get English for both him and everyone. You know, Rangers legend Ian Kinsler and and Team Israel manager. It's really a time he stepped up as the community. Um, you know, part of the community coming together, seeing our leaders. Uh, you see somebody like Alex Bregman drawing Miguel David on his hat, continuing to do it. Uh, you know, we talked to Gabrielle about the video that all the Jewish baseball players made, uh, sort of spearheaded by you, and including Bregman. Um, you know, former guest on this podcast, uh, Spencer Horowitz as well. There's a lot of guys um, who made that, and, and Kinsler's a big leader in that group. Um, you know, traditionally, we like to talk about uh, are any of the owners uh, of any of the teams, um, you know, Jewish. Sometimes we get some Jewish owners. Um, <laughs> sure. Unfortunately, the uh, there's two Texas oil men, um, you know, Ray Davis, and I don't remember the other guy's name. Oh, Ray Davis and Bob Simpson, who are currently the owners of, of the Texas Rangers. They did buy it from a man right. named Chuck Greenberg, um, you know, a Pittsburgh uh, Jewish player. Um, yep. As well, uh, you know, the president is a guy named Neil Liebman. I can't find out a lot about Neil, but um, he seems to be Jewish. Uh, you know, Maybe. Dallas Jew. And then the owner of the um, the owner of the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, Ken Kendrick. Is a man yeah, so not Jewish. not Jewish that his middle name is I shoot you not Gentry. Wow. Yes. 
He is he is actually, you know, he's a notable guy. He is currently the owner of the Honus Wagner baseball card, known as the most oh, famous wow. baseball card I ever. That. Um that's pretty cool. Yeah, he 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 owns it. He has loaned it to the to Cooperstown. Um, but no, he is very much not Jewish. Kenny Kendrick, uh, you know, he's he is a, a software company, sold it for a billion dollars, bought the team. Um, you know, buying it. He he's been, you know, running the team. You know, by himself, you don't get a lot of owners who actually manage day-to-day operations, but he does that. He's a pretty involved owner um, and CEO. Wow. So, you know, uh, Kenny seems like uh, an interesting dude. Um, not Jewish, yeah, Mr. but a, a pretty Jew, a, a pretty yeah, a pretty non-Jewish World Series uh, for a change. So, too bad, but we'll have lots of lots of Jewish baseball players uh, to focus on as 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 the uh, winter turns to spring. And uh, until then, we have I I would say. Almost a pretty much a bumper crop by basketball standards of, of Jews in the NBA this year, right? Um, so let's let's go go through there because there's three three players really to to talk about this year. Um, so the first is Denny Avdia, who is an Israeli basketball player. Uh, you know, he's picked I think what was it ninth overall uh, this three years ago. This is his fourth year, I think, right? Um, playing for the Wizards, probably not going to be a great team. Uh, the Wizards, they're definitely in rebuilding mode. He's going he's he gonna is... to get a lot of ball. Yeah, exactly. He's going to get some room to run. Uh, I think we're going to see if he can get, you know, get sort of over the hump. He had, he had some great games towards the end of last year. And I would say, uh, like, a good measurement for this is that I believe last year, towards the end of the year, was the first time that he was uh, picked up in my in my fantasy basketball league. Um, and that yeah. was, like, you know, like in his career. So, like, he made it onto some teams. Your like, team. he was doing... Not my team, but he was he was doing some fantasy relevant things. Is the point? And this year, uh, he did get drafted in our league. Um, so well, like just, again, like that means again, it's, he's in the top half of, of guys in the league. He's he's going to be uh, he's going to be called upon to contribute in a more significant way. Uh, you know, now that Bradley Beal's gone, John Wall's gone. Um, he 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 played tonight. Obviously, he started tonight. Uh, he had nine points, seven rebounds, five assists in twenty minutes in in Washington's open game. So again, contribution. Uh, you know, I, I think we're he he's going to be looked to 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 make some shots this year, um, just, probably uh, for uh, a, a crappy Wizards team. Sign signed a deal, got himself those shekels, signed yeah. a, a big yeah. deal, fifty five million dollars over four years. So big congrats to Denny. Um, and he's also you know something to say, like some other Jewish athletes, he's pretty upfront talking about what's going on with with the Absolutely. war. Um, you know, he's yeah. saying it's a distraction. <laughs> Not a distraction. It's it's consuming his thoughts, and and he's doing his best to focus on basketball. But it's tough for him. No, but he wrote uh, during a preseason, uh, or sorry, I think it was last year that he wrote on Yisrael High on one of his uh, one of his sneakers. I, I think that there will be a Jewish Heritage Night in, in Washington this year. They, they 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 are one of the teams that tends to do that. They've done a really great job engaging with uh, an Israeli audience. There's a like dedicated Hebrew language Washington Wizards Twitter feed, um, which is great and wild that that exists uh i assume their social media guy speaks hebrew and is sort of double teaming on uh, as doing that or, you know, uh, maybe maybe it's denny maybe it's just denny doing it yeah maybe um so that's you know denny definitely one to watch one to continue watching um one of the other one of the other three sort of i, I guess we're going to count it is demontis sabonis uh who is you know an all-star and going to be an all-star for a while on the sacramento kings he is uh, not sure. We're not sure if he's Jewish or not yet. He uh, is. Yeah. Has he converted? Oh. How do we know if he's converted? So I, I looked into this today. There were, there were stories last spring about how he was in the process of converting to Judaism. 
you know, his wife is Jewish and they have two kids. They want to raise their uh, Jewish family. Um, so he's in the process of, of converting. They were married by a rabbi. There's pictures of him with rabbis uh, out in California. I, I think the implication is that he will be converting at some point, but I don't see yeah. that anyone has actually done the follow-up work of, uh, you know, asking him if he has converted or, you know, been in the mikvah uh, or, or, you know, what, what steps he's actually taken. So, you know, any enterprising uh, basketball beat writers out there uh, or anyone covering the the California teams, you know, go ask DeMontis Sabonis uh, where he's at with the conversion process. I think <laughs> it's worth knowing. Uh, but look, he's, he's, a, he's a really dominant guy. I mean, he's like a 20 and 10 player pretty much. Uh, he, he's going to be a big part of the Kings teams for years to come. Uh, and we'll continue to watch and, and continue to update you on anything we we hear about uh, his conversion process. The last the last player we want to talk about uh, is a is a newcomer, a rookie who was drafted 41st overall by the Hornets this year. That's Amari Bailey, um, the second Amari in basketball in NBA history, both of whom have been Jewish, which is pretty amazing. Um, identifies as Jewish. I believe his mom is Jewish. Uh, he didn't play tonight for the Hornets in their first game. I don't know that he's going to get that much run early on, um, but probably going to try to sneak into the rotation. You know, second round draft picks have a difficult time breaking in. Uh, so we'll see if he make, if he gets into the G League for a bit or, or what happens, maybe filling in with uh, injuries. But, uh, you know, keep an eye out. You know, you, we could be surprised. He was a guy who was predicted to go higher yeah, um, he was and was more of a prospect. Yeah, he was a high school pro- prospect, an absolutely exactly. massive high school prospect, you know, uh, only played one year in college, straight out of UCL, straight into UCLA, um, yeah, and had a decent season, but you know, not sort of yeah. what people were expecting. And, and that's the sort of crazy thing that it's like this kid's nineteen years old. Like, I, I, I don't think anyone can truly predict how how they're going to develop and how they're going to turn out. So keep an eye on Amari Bailey. I think he could surprise people. He has a lot of uh, a lot of talent uh, and a lot of skill, and we'll see how he does with Charlotte this year. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about our interview with Gabrielle Starr. She's a uh, uh, writer, reporter for the Boston Herald, covering the Red Sox. Um, we had a great conversation about Jewish players, about Judaism in Boston, a lot of Jewish geography. We had her wade into the bagel debate, um, in addition <laughs> to uh, sort of the the difficulties of being a coffee addict in the world of rising prices with Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know if that'll make the edit, but uh, it was it was a great conversation hearing about her relationship with Yuke Ty Kelly. A lot of guys from Team Israel that we've talked to um, and that sort of we know as being part of the scene as well. So happy to have her on the show. Yeah, let's move to our interview with Gabrielle Starr. Well, thanks for joining us uh, tonight. We're joined by Gabrielle Starr, uh, Red Sox reporter for the Boston Herald. Gabrielle, how are you? Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, I'm pretty good, all things considered. <laughs> it's been a, been a heavy two weeks. Yeah, right. It, it feels weird to to focus on sports, talk about sports, but I I feel like for those of us who who for whom it's our beat, uh, I, you obviously you know you're a professional sports writer, uh, you know covering the Red Sox, uh, co- covering other things sports related. There, there's no pause from you know being able to having to do your job. It's just like all this other stuff is being dumped on top of it. I I, I think that's the way most people feel right now. Uh, I'm sure it's the same. I'm sure it's the same for you. Yeah, definitely. And the the weird thing is that sometimes I have moments where I'm kind of like, I'm relieved to have distraction. And then other sure. times, as grateful as I am for my career and my job, part of me is like, this is just so crazy that I'm writing about baseball when so many 
more important things are happening in the world. Yeah. There's there's really no way to say that that makes it sound like I am grateful. No, for no, my I, job, th- I, th- but, I think I, th- I think it's a I think it's a difficult um, it's a difficult thing to you know to deal with or, or to figure out the uh, ha- and your path within that. And, and one of the reasons we wanted to speak to you is because uh, last week we sort of profiled the different responses that Jewish athletes have had made since the since the attacks uh, two and a half weeks ago now. Um, and you spoke to one of, uh, you know, one of the great Jewish baseball players of all time, Kevin Euclid, uh, to talk to him about his sort of more, uh, more vocal approach to his Jewish identity uh, since the since the attacks and, and talking about that. So uh, how, how did you, uh, did you reach out to Kevin? Did he reach out to you in terms of, uh, in terms of wanting to talk about this? So the funny thing about the Kevin Euclid thing is that I was actually one of the kids at the synagogue that I mentioned in the article that I published for the Boston Herald. Um, when I was about nine or 10 years old uh, in the mid 2000s, Dr. Charles Steinberg, who is currently the president of the AAA affiliate Worcester Red Sox and was at the time an executive vice president at the Red Sox and has been with the organization for most of the last two decades in some capacity on and off um, and also was mm-hmm. with other organizations, including the Dodgers. Um, he is a member of my synagogue and he brought Kevin Euclid and Gabe Kapler to Shoal for one of the high holidays. And these are two enormous, muscular, tall athletes. And at right. the time, my synagogue was primarily elderly congregation. As, as opposed to all of the young, fresh. Right, exactly. But like the, in particular, this is a very uh, long-standing congregation in, in Boston. And it was just, it happened to be a turnover of, it was a primarily elderly co- congregation. So you have these two guys trying to blend in. They're wearing the synagogue prayer shawls, the tali tote, that barely stretch across their shoulders. And they're just trying so hard to blend in. Um, and so when I, when you became a full-fledged member of the Red Sox broadcasts, uh, and I ran into him for the first time before the season started, I talked to him about it. And then we started talking about, you know, our favorite, ju- like kosher style, but not kosher deli in Brookline, Zoftigs, and just Jewish stuff in Boston. And I had told him that I was one of those kids. Uh, and he was, you know, he's like I said, he in the in the article, he's a guy that doesn't like the spotlight, um, right? But we, you know, I follow him on Instagram, and when all this started, he was posting a lot of stuff, and so I kind of, you know, was just writing back and forth with him, just talking about how crazy all of this is, talking about how terrible it is, and um, I kind of had it in my head at the beginning that I wanted to interview Jewish, current and former baseball players from around the league. But I also really wanted to respect people's space. And a lot of those people either live in Israel part-time or full-time or have Israeli um, relatives, as I do. And I just kind of felt like Euclid and I had already been talking about this. He was down to talk about it. So I decided that it was a fitting thing to just make it a one-on-one thing and kind of let other people have space. And And I left it open that if they wanted to, you know, moving forward then we would do something else that was more of a kind of group thing. 
So I asked him if we could talk for about 10 minutes and we ended up talking for over 70 minutes, um, just sharing our heritages and talking about right. our growing up. He was like telling me about his Haftorah portion, which was really long. <laughs> my Haftorah portion was really short, but my actual Torah portion was really long because I had what? a double so portion. So it was like, you know, it was like all of the sad stuff, but also all the really fun, random, silly, kind of weird stuff that comes with just sharing your Jewish life with somebody. Yeah, so sorry to right. interrupt, but now I'm curious, what were the portions? <laughs> so <laughs> he didn't actually tell me the name of his Torah, his half Torah portion, but my bat mitzvah portion, I was May 6, 2006. I had Achrimo Kadoshim, which is the mm -hmm. longest possible double portion in wow. of like any possible <laughs> combination. But my Haftorah was very short. So I I think I had, I think I read the first, second, and seventh Aliyot, but I also taught my mother how to read Torah. So she read one of the Aliyot. And the seventh oh, Aliyah nice. was like 30 plus like lines. So it was just, right. so, it was just ridiculous right. for a 12 year old girl. <laughs> so. So a lot of what the article was about was this, this idea of uh, Euclid wanting to be a more more of a presence as a Jew or, or stand out more as a Jew. And and this is not, you know, the first time we've heard this from people. Um, Julian Edelman, you know, who is probably the most prominent uh, Jewish NFL player of the last little while, you know, he made a big point of, of coming out and being very more openly Jewish, I, I guess is the best way to, to put it after the uh, Tree of Life. Uh, pogrom and I, I think it's you know it, it's great that we're seeing this from from Euclid and other guys you know Euclid was on that uh, the video that other baseball players uh, participated in wearing in, a, know, a jersey sort of and a yarmulke in that video yeah. too he actually was and, one and of the guys a, who it was he was one of the guys whose idea it was to actually do that right. it was him and Nate Fish and somebody else who kind of decided to do that together so not only was he in well, it former he guest was, former uh, guest yeah, Nate, Nate, Nate Fish has yeah. been on this podcast before king of Jewish baseball legendary yeah. Nate Fish um, yeah, exactly. and, and it is interesting because I, I feel like Euclid especially is like, uh, at least for for us, you know, guys of a certain were of a certain age. You know, we came, uh, we were teenagers when when Boston was unfortunately winning their World Series, uh, um, and you know, Euclid <laughs> was was the guy who was like, did you know this guy's Jewish? He was definitely the first, you know, one of the biggest like I don't say crypto Jew, but as a joke, it was sort of like that because it was just like, how is this guy named Euclid? Uh, you know, plays plays major league baseball and even called the Greek god of walks. How is that guy Jewish of all people? Um, but I think as we've learned, you know, especially with the Israel baseball teams over the last little while, that you no know, Jews come in all stripes and, and mm -hmm. names and you know the the Ty Kellys of the world and what have you. Ty is actually uh, a good friend <laughs> of mine. So we used to oh, I used right. to drag him to yoga with me in LA um, <laughs> when he was. This was. 2018, 19, we lived really close to each other in West Hollywood. And he was talking about how he was like keeping playing. It was when he was signing his Angels contract. And I was like, dude, sure. if you want to keep playing baseball, you got to do the whole pliability thing. And I would drag him to morning yoga classes with me. Um, and then like it was like a whole thing. So he's, right. he's wonderful. I will say I can tell you why Euclid's name is Euclid's. Um, it's public oh, yeah, information, sure. so I don't feel bad sure. sharing it. No, this is, this is good Jewish you, Jewish geography. You know, so like when Jews are getting to know each other, right? You talk about like, oh, how'd you come to America? Like which kind of anti-Semitism sure. brought you here? Like are you pre-Holocaust? <laughs> are you post-Holocaust? All the fun <laughs> right. things, right? Like what, like what level diaspora are you? And he mm -hmm. was telling me that 
his a great grandfather was Romanian. His last name was Weiner or Weiner. Um, okay. Yeah, pretty standard right, you yeah. know, uh, Jewish name. Yeah, And like many Jews, he was conscript- conscripted by the Cossacks, who were famously anti-Semitic. Um, my great-grandmother, mm-hmm. actually, who I am named for, was slapped in the face by a Cossack. And that was the thing that made my great-grandparents decide that it was finally time to leave. Um, so he's conscripted. Also Romania? No, the Pale of Settlement. So, you know, okay. this, all, all the different fun places for us to live. And Euclid's great-grandfather gets conscripted. He doesn't want to go. So he flees to Greece. Then he gets homesick. He misses his family. He's like, I'm going to go back. But to avoid getting in trouble for, you know, not going and everything, he changed his name to a Greek last name. And that's how he became Oh, Euclid. I see. Oh. So there you go. There you go. Well, it, it, that is an interesting story. And I, I think, uh, I don't know, fitting with the theme of avoiding anti-Semitism. Yeah, right. Um, th- <laughs> these, are, these, are pretty, these are pretty Jewish days in, in Boston baseball. Uh, you had an, uh, an article as well. Um, profiling or, or talking about uh, Craig Breslow, who, who just became the the the, the grand poobah of Boston baseball. I don't, the, the CBO. I, we, we were discussing this off the air that chief baseball that, you know, officer. I, all, all 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 these terms are very uh, are, are very transient these days. That is just sort of like I don't know if someone's a GM or not. Like they used to just have a GM. Like uh-huh. there used to sometimes be like a president who Wait. was like in charge of like Do we think- making sure that there were straws or like making sure that like uh, you know the seats were <laughs> facing the right direction. But like that was a different job, and now so so yes, he's chief baseball officer, and that just seems like this is just like LinkedIn speak for. Do we think it stands uh, he's, for? He's could the it new possibly Red Sox stand for Craig Breslow officer? Just a thought. <laughs> Imagine if there was a person whose job was Craig Breslow officer, and then their job was to be the office of Craig Breslow. Like yes, like, like if he has a personal assistant, his personal assistant would be like Craig Breslow officer, right? That's right. Or Both the right, CBA. Right. The CBO. Instead of like the, the collective CBO, CBO, bargaining yeah. agreement, you have the Craig Breslow <laughs> agreement. Like you know, it just it it writes yeah. The infrastructure of the Red Sox and Major League Baseball teams in general is so interesting, especially because you're seeing so much of like these what seem to be top level executives just getting like superimposed and superseded by new people like Sam Fold gets you know out hired by Dombrowski uh, you know like Kim Ang apparently the reason she decided not to pick up her side of her mutual option with the Marlins was because they apparently were going to hire somebody up on top of like ahead of her which is weird because I'm pretty sure I don't remember was her title GM or was her title president of baseball operations I think she was president of of baseball operations. and gm i think and she was GM, right so then like yeah would the person who they hired ahead of her would have they have been the chief baseball officer would they have come up with a new name it's it's yeah. getting a little kind of like obviously these people have very real complex jobs but it sounds like there's you're a bit just of, there's making a bit of up title titles, inflation right yeah. and kind of, like a bit of vanity, title inflation vanity that's going titles. on like you're the grand king Super wizard of baseball, high priest, yeah. right? Like you're been the, high, the yeah. high priest. You're the you're the uh, what is it? The Kohenha Gadol or what? what? Co- Co- Kohenha Gadol yeah, of the like, Red Sox. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Craig Breslow now, <laughs> King Herod of the Red Sox. <laughs> so it, it's it's been a it's been a uh, you know it's been a transition. I mean, there's been a lot of Jews involved in running the Red Sox from so from Theo Epstein and then Yale educated Jewish guy. Yeah. I wanted to ask that when. When did the Red Sox become sort of like a traditionally Jewish front office? There are a few teams, it seems, that have done that. 
Um, but it, you know, since Theo, it seems like there's been a pretty good run yeah. we've had as a people. Gabe, if you're not careful, you're going to make people find out we control the world. Right, or just or just the Red Sox. I mean, at least yeah. at least hide your space laser before you. Yeah, of course, start, right? of course. That's yeah. right. How, how do you think we got the jobs? I know. Well, you know what's it's it's hidden it's hidden under the green monster. It, 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 I'm gonna be <laughs> look look. There's no Gentiles listening to this podcast, yeah. so I'll just come out. You with know, that. actually, I, I each, you guys of, need each, the, space each of the foul poles, the fisk pole and the pesky pole, actually, the top of each of them is one of my lasers. Right, right. North, for oh. my lasers. I, I installed those. The, the upgrades they were doing during sprint training, it was actually a front for me sneaking in and installing my lasers. Yeah. Um, I, when but, I went to Fenway the, this last, is just... when I went to Fenway last, I came across the single place to buy kosher food, which was a ready-made kosher hot dog vending machine. And in typical um, Jewish geography fashion, my sister was really good friends in high school with the daughter of the guy who owns those machines. That's oh, wonderful. phenomenal. Well, it, it scanned <laughs> my out, face. Shout indeed. out, Wayne. <laughs> yeah um so i guess it, that's just the new pipeline like go to the ivy leagues and then and then you know instead of like just, Goldman Sachs or, or something like that it's, it's just, yale it, yeah right yale Theo, yale to the red sox that's Theo, the new that's the new pipeline craig um you know it's I, funny I guess like ryan lavarnway is next i ryan came on my podcast years ago he is great um he's yeah. a wonderful too wonderful guy um yeah. You know, it's funny because I actually got a message the other day that was like, this is how I know Jews roll the like control the world because Gabe <laughs> Kapler and Craig Breslow are getting interviewed for Chaim Bloom's old job. And I was like, so to be clear, the non-Jewish principal owner of the team who <laughs> decides, right. you know, me yichyad, me yamut, like, you know, <laughs> the, 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 Jew, the non-Jewish John Henry. Right isn't in control and the Jewish guy they fired and the two Jewish guys they're interviewed, none of whom have any say in the situation. Somehow, somehow they're controlling the situation. The the answer, the answer to that is that no matter what happens, even if you're talking about two Jews after all, who just got fired from their prominent jobs. Yes. uh, Maybe, maybe undeservedly. I I, I would think probably for both of them, at least arguably. Uh, and, And yet despite them getting fired, it's like, no, no, but they, they're really in control of things. Yeah. Um, What's the what's the vibe? What's the, how are people feeling about uh, about Breslow? Uh, you know, he's not coming in from uh, he pitched in Boston years ago, I guess. But but uh, he lives he, he lives in, in Boston actually. Oh, okay. He's like oh, he's wow. been living in Newton. Shout out shout out Jews again because Newton's like the. Yeah, I, was, but you, I could have told you that the nickname that we had because I went to school K through eight in Newton at Salman Schachter. We called it Juton because everyone right. lived in Newton, except for me, actually, ironically, because I lived near Fenway and all my friends lived in Newton. And on Shabbat, my family was Shomer Shabbos. So I couldn't go and have playdates unless my friends came to me because we didn't drive. Right. So. Uh, but then you could go to a ball game if you could if you could jump a turnstile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, um, the vibe is interesting you, because. Brookline or West Roxbury? Brookline. Coolidge Corner. The other, yes, I, I, I. We have many friends and family in the Brookline, Roxbury area, as you mentioned, close to Fenway Park. There's your Jewish geography. I'm impressed, Gabe. I'm so impressed because you know what? Like a lot of people are like, "Well, where do you live close to Fenway? Like Needham?" And I'm like, "You don't know where Needham is, yeah. do you?" The, the, <laughs> like the I live joke- in Lexington. No. <laughs> 
the joke that I mean, my dad's like lifelong best friend has lived in Brooklyn forever, and his joke is you should park at his house and walk to the Red Sox game. That's because... that's what we did. We grew up walking to and from Fenway. I could hear yeah. Fenway concerts from my bedroom window, and in the summers, I would just have the window like open. But yes, Craig Breslow has been actually working remotely part of the time in his time with the Cubs and were and living in Newton, Massachusetts. So ironically, mm-hmm. his okay. commute's actually about to get worse. Not better because he's about <laughs> to be stuck from in Boston to Fenway, traffic. Right? <laughs> yeah, like mass pike traffic going inbound at nine in the morning. I mean, that's like the worst thing. Hey, he's from he's from Connecticut. I he's think. from New so Haven. I guess that's sort of yeah, like, he's 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 from New, New Haven. Haven. I feel like that's is that Yankee? I feel like that's more Yankees territory, right? Like that's that's just a little too far west. Connecticut's Connecticut's sort of split, yeah. Right? Connecticut's kind of weird. Like I went to Camp Yavna in New Hampshire, and a lot of okay. it was very split to the point that in '04. My camp did this thing where they would, you know, this is like, they don't know smartphones, no whatever. This was like old fashioned, you know, your parents could email you every day and the camp would print out your email and give it to you. There was no technology sure. for kids. Mm-hmm. Every morning and every lunch, kids would go over to the head of camp's table and volunteer to read like headlines from the newspaper. You can imagine the day that Nomar got traded, there was a literal brawl between Red Sox and Yankees fans in <laughs> in the dining room because my friend Ben, who is a close friend to this day, got up and he was not prepared for what he was about to read. He's a Red Sox fan. <laughs> and he gets up, he's like reading the sports thing and he like he's like, and in sports, and then his face just like dropped and he goes, the Red Sox traded no more and the Yankees fans in the camp <laughs> were having like, a, it was like if Ruth and Gehrig had come back from the dead immortal to hit you know 800 home runs a year was the was the reaction of yankees fans and there was right. a literal fight yes it was I, funny. I, have su- I, have su- I have such a memory of nomar getting traded as well yeah. it was so consequential it felt so consequential where were and also you like, when nomar was traded that's I, the thing. well i must have been at some, I, I was definitely at summer camp too um but it was also so it was that it was the year after the cubs had uh had lost in the NLCS, I think. Yeah, right. It was the it summer was, of '04. So that was the whole it was, thing. Yeah, was it was like, summer of '04, right? That was the whole thing, you know. The year the Red Sox won, but yeah. I mean, I felt like I my my memory of it is feeling that like, okay, well now the Cubs are are definitely going to win the World Series. Like, how could they not? They just traded for Nomar, and then he had like a pretty unremarkable rest of his career after getting traded from Boston. Like, like I I, I I'm sure it was painful for Red Sox fans at the time, but like they traded Nomar at the perfect possible time, like given given what they got in return, and they won like, the World uh, Series. And they won the World Series. Well, so so the interesting thing about that is that actually at winter weekend, I don't know if there's like a Blue Jays like fan fest kind of thing in the yeah. right. It, so, it tours the country. Oh, um, yeah. Because there's yeah. it's the whole the team our team actually like, has a whole country behind it, yeah. uh, not just one little city. Yeah, which uh, I on, I mean you know. I love that, but I'm also a proponent of a Montreal yeah. Expos just because. Hey, so are we. So are we. Yeah, I, no, that's, no, that's no a Dave Dombrowski back, reference yeah. right there. Once that's back, that's we can actually have everything Pedro, used to the That's actually River. a Pedro Martinez reference. Uh, and, right, there you go. Yeah. But, uh, actually, uh, the Big O, we both went to college in Montreal. The Big O is maybe the worst stadium I've ever been to in my life. Did you go to um, McGill? Yes. Yeah. I, I applied to McGill. Oh. Yeah, and I, uh, I got in, but only after I had accepted another school. Yeah. Oh, Too bad you could you could have you could have saved a uh, hundred fifty thousand dollars in tuition if you had just uh, come real, to Canada. And... Don't I know? I... We're getting deep here, guys. <laughs> but but you yeah. know the 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 thing with Nomar since we went on the Nomar topic is actually that last year at Winter Weekend John Henry made a surprise appearance. No one knew that he was coming. 
they actually we actually found out in the media room down in like the catacombs of this place because a fan tweeted i just saw john henry walking around winter weekend and we were like oh all right uh and then he went on stage for this town hall and this was like actually the first week that i was at my current job and it was the most insane town hall because he and Chaim Bloom could not finish a sentence without getting booed, screamed at, heckled. <laughs> and John phenomenal. Told, John told a story about Theo during the whole Nomar thing where, you know, basically alluding to like the Mookie thing and the Xander Bogarts thing and, you know, what sure. and yeah. Harry Frazee with Babe Ruth, I guess. I don't know. And he basically said that Theo told him that at the time of the Mookie trade, he felt like the loneliest man in like the world. Yeah. And you think about surprised. it now, yeah. and you're like, if they didn't, if they don't win in 2004 after trading Nomar, right? Like it goes down yeah. as Babe Ruth part two. And the only reason that Theo wasn't tarred and feathered and thrown into the Boston Harbor like a box of tea is because they actually won the World Series that year. And otherwise, it's, you know, it's Mookie before Mookie. It's Bambino continued. And like, you know, that's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) So I thought that was crazy. Well, I I think we should we should wrap up there. Gabrielle, thanks so much for joining us. Um, uh, People can read your writing on the Boston Herald's website and in paper, I guess, if they are in the uh, Boston area or, or New England area. Um, you're on Twitter at GF Star One. Let's, you know, hope that you continue profiling Jews in baseball and <laughs> let's hope that the Red Sox continue trading away their generational talents. Um, that's something I always I always cheer for as a Jays fan. Agreed. Thank you guys so much for having me. Well, thanks again to Gabrielle for joining us. Uh, hopefully, we'll have her back sometime uh, to talk about the, how how terrible the Red Sox are doing. That's that's my only goal. My only dream for the Red Sox is that they do. You know, it's not enough that that the Jays have to win. The Red yeah, Sox have to. I, fail, I so. really want Craig Craig Breslow to succeed. Is there a way we can have a very successful yeah. GM with a very bad team? Like, is that is that a combination? Uh, right. Like, like he manages the he manages the players really well. Like, you yeah. know, like everybody loves him, but uh, they just can't win. I don't know. I I, I I think he's gonna have a lot of success in Boston. I wish him well and uh and and unfortunately that's gonna mean good Boston Red Sox teams. Uh, in the absolutely future. and, and um, we're happy for him. And obviously his good friend Ryan Lavarnway. Um I'm sure Ryan's following this as well and, and happy for his fellow Jewish Eli to to succeed once again. Yeah. Eli's is uh if you were if you were making a, a Jewish uh a Jewish sports team calling them the Eli's would be very funny. Yes. Um, but, but the fact that there's already one and it's not Jewish, like, and it's like, I don't know, Yale started as a, as a, you know, Christian as, as like an explicitly Christian organization, like, you know, training people to be uh, ministers or whatever. Yes. I, I don't know. I can't remember which church it was, but I'm just saying like, it's too bad. We lost Eli's. Yes. Like we gotta, we gotta start as, you know, that like Yeshiva has the Maccabees, but I think just being like, yeah, we're the, you know, the Jewish university, uh Joshua's like that's the team name like that would be a good you know and just like you could you could highlight the great Joshua's from history um, um or, or something like something interestingly similar to that. something we haven't talked about earlier is is you know they changed their name to the Bulldogs for a while but right. um you know Yale previously uh lost its NCAA status due to sending a player to the McCovey games 
which was anti, uh, which technically violated his amateur agreement. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Huh. After Jack Langer went to the uh, McCovey games. Um, wow. I do not think that is the same Jack Langer, who was a well-known moil in Toronto. Um, I don't think it's the same one. But, uh, you know, famous, famous Yale story. They, they're the Bulldogs now. Um, right. You know, they switched from the Eli's some time ago. It was still like informally the Eli's, I, uh, or I think like Yale people call themselves Eli's. Yeah. Sometimes at least. I don't know. Uh, Anyways, um, we should leave it there for now. Uh, hopefully this is a brief respite for everybody uh, in a world of, of, of difficulty for Jews right now. Um, as always, you can find our work on the Canadian Jewish News website. Uh, we're put out by the Canadian Jewish News. You can find us there at the cjn.ca. Uh, and find us on Twitter at Menschwarwers, uh, where we, you know, tweet out little factoids about, about Jewish support stuff. Uh, always good to have engagement there. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.